Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Well, I've been talking about the Pac-12 an awful lot, thinking about the Pac-12, supposing about the Pac-12. You can read me at johnconzano.com if you want to. Receive that in your email inbox every morning uh, as I write. Uh, it'll come directly from me to you. Uh, we can have a conversation about it. But uh, a guy that I wanted to get on the show for a while, John Platts. He is the play-by-play voice of Stanford basketball, Stanford football. He's on the broadcast there. He's written a book, 100 Years of Stanford uh, Men's Basketball. And he is a lawyer, and he's a former Stanford athlete, and he's joining us now. John Platts, where are you right now? Set the scene for us. I am in uh, outside my home, John, in uh, northern Santa Clara County. I know you know the county well because you grew up in the southern part of the county. I'm in Mountain View, California, where it is a beautiful, sun-drenched, low 80s afternoon. Mountain View became known when I was in my college years for Shoreline Amphitheater. They had the music venue there. Is it still, uh, you know, is it still the venue in that area? It, it very much is. Uh, you got, you know, you got your good share of baby boomers and the acts that were big in, in the 70s and 80s. You had Carlos Santana's. I mean, the, the Dead & Company comes around. I'm, I'm not a deadhead, but they were here a couple weeks ago. And Fourth of July, you know, show is, is fantastic. But they, they have shows all year round. So, yes, it's... Uh, I'm on the opposite. I'm on the uh, the more western part of the of the, of the city. It's, a, it's a, sort of a big city geographically, and uh, the shoreline's still going strong. You bet. Let me ask you. Uh, we're now, you know, a week, uh, two weeks away from when USC and UCLA announced they were leaving, out the door, um, shocked a lot of the conference. But what was the reaction there at Stanford and in the community? Well, I mean, again, Stanford is real good about being tight, tight-lipped about these things. I mean, sometimes on things I'm tipped off, and other times I'm not. And usually, the bigger it is, the less I, I'm tipped off. And I, I wasn't on, on this one, so um, you know, I think I think my guess is that they were surprised, as others, other prominent folks in the conference were. But Stanford's real good about you know quickly huddling and triaging and getting the right people connected, which for Stanford is, is faculty and to some extent alumni and certainly coaches to, uh, to get their thoughts. And so I, I, there's, there's been a lot, of, a lot of intellectual wattage, I think, being applied to this, uh, you know, at the present time. But out of surprise, sure, absolutely. When, when you think about Stanford, you, you don't think about when it all costs. It's a different place, a special place in that way. Uh, how, how does sort of the movement in college football to these two mega conferences you know strike you and is there a place in that for stanford could you foresee stanford ever leaving if they were invited into the big 10 or would there be a would there be a long pause there before they even came up with an answer well i mean that's that's the question i'm going to see david Shaw in a couple of weeks and i imagine i'll have a, a private moment with him I, I have not seen him since the news came down of course san francisco football coach and uh 
I mean, it's a, it's a $64 million question, literally. Uh, I mean, Stanford has, has had the good fortune of having both, of maintaining the academic reputation through the decades at a high level, while being consistent, consistently, sporadically is probably a better word, you know, near the top in the, in the major sports. I mean, certainly women's basketball has been top throughout, but, you know, football, men's basketball, baseball have had their moments here in the last quarter century, last three decades, where, where, where it has been important to do so because I think Stanford, like other schools, has benefited from athletic success. Uh, it's a, it's, I think, John, it's a fact of human nature when you're an alum and you're a person of considerable means and your school is at the cultural forefront, which, let's be honest, sports is at the U.S., you know, America's cultural forefront, people are more inspired to write the big check for the computer center or the geology building or you know, what have you, and Stanford has really benefited from that. So how, do, how does that answer your question? I think Stanford does want both, but I think there's a limit on the sports side. And I, you know, would Stanford join a, a be the third team, for example, and this is just a guess, I'm not speaking for Stanford, for, you know, at all, but would Stanford be like the third team to join the Big Ten? I, I'm highly, highly dubious. Uh, for again, because of the academic mission being, it will always edge out the sports thing. Even though there's a lot of big-time athletes and coaches who want to win and win championships, and they have, but they will defer to the academics uh, if push comes to shove. Which we have a big-time shove here. So uh, they want both. I, I just, I think Stanford's number one thing, John. I think that they, and again, I'm trying to separate me from. Right what's good with the school, but I, I think staying together, the, the remaining teams in the conference staying together, I think is what Stanford desires most. John Platt's with us, Stanford football and basketball radio broadcaster, also an attorney and a former Stanford athlete. Let me ask you just the traditionalist in you, the purist in you, you see this conference lose two founding members. That hurt. Well, absolutely it did. I mean, you know, as someone who's, you know, had a grandfather who was a track captain at USC and five or six family members that went to that school, and I kind of grew up with it and went rogue and went to Stanford, came up to the northern part of the state. But just the 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 four sort of cornerstone, cornerstone schools in, the, in California, you know, USC, UCLA, Cal, and Stanford, they really, John, I think have levered off one another. I think the gravitas of one has been imported to the other. They, they they share that this year, this one's big, this year, that one's big, that sort of thing. But they really, I think, have benefited from the from the association being in a conference. And to have that unmoored, you know, I just I think it's one of, of several costs that I think are going to prove to be more significant as as the, the as USC and UCLA's departure goes on. You and I have sort of shared off mic the, the travel issue and that I think is going to be significant. Uh Maybe more so for the non-football sports, but certainly, you know, as one who, who did a lot of traveling and does a lot of traveling with broadcasting, that's, that, that part's not underrated. Um, so there's that, but just, you know, not having us in UCLA, you've got three or four generations of people used to going to games and looking forward, if you're an Oregon fan of the USC game or, or if you're a UCLA fan, you know, Cal coming, all, all that stuff is you know, has been, been unmoored. And, and I, I think, I mean, it's, it's going to take some adjusting, I think, for some folks. Is it fatal? No. But is it, is it more than noticeable? Do you feel it? Yeah, absolutely. Could you foresee a scenario in which Stanford and Cal are not in the same conference? Or do you feel like those two entities would try their best to stick together? I think they would try their best to stick together, John. I think that's, that's been a, 
not that emphasized a piece of this. Uh, you, you look at the rivalries around the league, and I, and I think the USC and UCLA gets a lot of run, but I, I, I feel like Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, Cal Stanford are the ones where, you know, there's a, there's a, a cost in multiple dimensions by, by ripping that up. So, you know, I mean, the big game has gone on since 1892. The schools are, 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 are similar in academic profile. One's public, one's private, but just they, 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 they fit into the Bay Area cultural fabric so tightly and so historically that if they're not in the same conference, again, it's a, it's a, it's a big change that I think diminishes both. And so I, I, w- I would be surprised if they don't end up playing in the same conference, whatever it may be. John Platt's with us, Stanford football, basketball, radio broadcaster, former Stanford basketball player himself in the 1980s. Um, you know, you, you suited up in this conference. You wore a uniform. You were a Pac-10 athlete at the time. Um, you, know, as, you know, if you could take off the broadcaster cap or take off the attorney cap and just speak as an athlete in the conference, um, you know, what does that mean to you when you see – uh, you know, some tentpole members saying, hey, uh, you know, this thing, uh, there's nothing good happening. We're going to the Big Ten. Well, it definitely, you, you feel the loss. Uh, you know, again, it's a sort of memory loss. What was isn't anymore. And we all have that happen in life. And people pass on and, and things change, jobs change, this and that. Um, but, you know, again, it, John, it's really worked. You know, how, how many things have worked for a century? You know, the, uh, the They've had different names, you know, Pacific Coast Conference, Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12. You know, around the fringes, you have progress or changes or movement, but the core remains, and it, it's been it, there's been because there's been a big market for it. There's been a big market in people's hearts. There's been obviously an athlete and coach market. Uh, the, the schools have liked fielding big-time teams, and and you know, again, playing at SC and UCLA, and I, I'm a little. You know, if you're from Los Angeles, Angeles, the Los Angeles area, it's 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 more of a thing. But playing at UCLA in basketball, Pollock Pavilion, that that was an enormous deal. Going into the LA Coliseum, as I do as a broadcaster, when SC, you know, or when Stanford, USC, have 92,000 there, and that's thrilling. And it's not to say you can't have that in another conference or another state. But just something about the two, the California schools, or more recently. USC and Oregon have had great games in the Coliseum, and, 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 and you know, just again, you're, you're, you're changing something that was working and working well, in my opinion. Yes, I understand the, the money and the finances, and maybe we can veer to that to that aspect of it. But I mean, at some point, how much is the income to where the, the, the extra marginal amount is doing a normal form or something? And are you going to are you going to give up some other things because you want this extra income that you may or may not need? I mean, my part of my it's yeah. very, very tough to run these departments on a dollar and cents basis. But, man, oh, man, I just, again, something, something is lost, and something has been lost. John Platts with us, Stanford football, Stanford basketball radio broadcaster. Uh, you wrote a book, 100 Years of Stanford Men's Basketball History. And, you know, this conference uh, was founded in 1915 in downtown Portland, Imperial Hotel. Uh, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, uh, you know, UCLA, USC were part of it. There's, there's part of that nostalgia that I'm, I am trying to let go of because I know the world's changing, John, and I know there, there could be some good things that come out of uh, a potential Pac-12 ACC partnership or wherever it ends up. 
Give me a silver lining. Is If this conference does stay together, the 10 members band together and ESPN backs it and they can at least see the Big Ten and the SEC through the front windshield, is that a win in your mind? I, John, I think and I, I think you hit, hit upon it. I think the win is, you know, Stanford and Cal staying together, the Northwest schools staying together with Stanford and Cal, whichever the additional ones, ideally all four of the remaining schools staying together. I, I don't care if they're in a, in a Pac-10. I don't care if they're in a Pac-12 where you absorb two other West Coast or Western United States schools. Or if you if you have an ACC partnership, you call it the PACC or something, where it's the ACC and then they have their schools, and then on the other on that West Coast, you got the the eight, eight ten you know eight or ten or twelve pack pack former Pac twelve schools, and then maybe they play for a football championship. But just keeping the West Coast schools together, having a Washington State Oregon State game, you know, being able to continue what what you had, I just I just think there's there's value in perpetuating what you had for the fans, for the student-athletes. You know, I read something from Stephen Jackson, the former uh, Oregon State running back. I mean, clearly he values he values his time in Corvallis apart from what he accomplished on the football field. He remains connected as an Oregon State Beaver. I mean, there's, there's value in that. And I think part of that is because you're in a league like the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac which, you know, you, you've got – maybe has friends across town who played at the school or something. So I just – again, it's just the – the losing, the, the losing of something that's gone on for a while. Um, I'd like to see the, 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 the schools together, whether they're a single entity, John, or whether they're the Western version of a mega conference. John Platts, I really appreciate you, man. I know, I know you tune in and listen on occasion. And I, I thank you from that, from the Bay Area. Uh, earlier in the show, Dan Bickley was on from Phoenix, and he sort of talked about, you know, the Phoenix average Phoenix sports fan really tuned into the Suns, really tuned into the Cardinals. Pac-12, eh. Is the Bay Area upset about this, or is the Bay Area a little bit apathetic and, you know, we'll just deal with what happens? Uh, interesting question. Uh, I think, as with so many things I've seen in college sports here, you know, at a surface level, uh, it's it's a non-issue. Hmm. I mean, this is, this is very much a pro- area with the certainly the Warriors and their great success. The 49ers have, you know, been a, been a pillar here for since the forties. And of course you, you, you know about the giants and, uh, and that. So, but, but there's a lot of college, you know, college grads in the area and a lot went to schools again, you know, your Stanford and Cal's, but your Washington's and your Oregon's and your Arizona's. I mean, everybody's here and, and they like their college sports and, and, uh, so you're not again. You're not going to get get an outcry, but they'll 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 be disappointed. It, it won't. It isn't like it is, John. I'm sure in, in you know Eugene, uh, you know, or in the Northwest schools. Uh, so you're, you're not going to you're not going to see you're not going to see it outwardly. But I, I think it, you know, at, at a more person to person level and private conversations in, in your local uh, coffee shop or whatnot, people are saying, "Hey, what's going on?" John Platts, you're the best. I appreciate you. I will catch you at Pac-12 Media Day. I I look forward to seeing you there, John. And I I heard what you said, <laughs> Anna, for governor. And I want to keep you on extended. No, but, um, I, I second that. I mean, I think she uh, she'd be. Can a normal person, John? Like I said, I was talking to myself as you two were talking about this. Can a normal, accomplished person serve us in government? Now, again, don't don't answer it here because I know you got to jump no. break, but. I guess that's part. That's partly what I'm saying when I'm saying that 
somebody with the name recognition and the achievement uh, of Anna Gonzano, I think, should be a fantastic governor. And there's probably dozens of her like that in various states. And it's a shame that that they don't, they don't, if they are, if they were disposed to having that kind of job, that they wouldn't run because oh, it's too crazy or whatnot. Have we come to that point? I'll leave you with that. Yeah, that, that's a good point. She has zero interest, but she thanks you for that. I think she should do it because I'd like to live. And we found out the governor, in fact, does have a house that the governor gets rent free in the state of Oregon. And uh, I I would like to live in that house, mow that lawn, and and hang out. It would take your writing, John, to a next level, just describing the house. <laughs> That's right. We'll take you on a tour. John Platts, he's the best. Stanford radio, football, basketball. I think it's interesting because in the Pac-12 footprint, we have college towns like Pullman and Corvallis, and I'll throw Eugene in there. And, uh, and then we have some other cities, and you've got Salt Lake City, and you've got Phoenix, and you've got Tucson and other places in the Bay Area. And I think it is interesting to kind of take the temperature around the conference. Like people in Salt Lake City are, are tuned into this. They're jazz fans, but they're tuned into this. Like, the Utah fans are very interested in what is going on with the Pac-12. The the fans in Pullman, they're anxious right now. Corvallis, anxious, trying to figure out, are we going to be with the haves or the have-nots? Is this conference staying together? Oregon fans, I think, are wringing their hands a little bit. I think they're disappointed they were not invited into the Big Ten or the SEC at first glance. I think they're holding out hope that, you know, maybe UCLA won't go and they'll take us instead. I mean, I, I do think Oregon is sitting in that alternate position, kind of hoping that it could be included, but I don't think the Big Ten is interested in a million households in Eugene and Portland. Not after they grab $5.7 million in Southern California. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't pencil. They're not going to cut you in at $75 million a year in their media deal when you have a valuation of about $35 million, uh, when it comes to your media rights, 30 or $35 million. So... I think, uh, you know, the, the, there's a tremendous interest in our state from what's going on and what's going to happen because it's going to impact these two huge entities in our state. Arizona, state of Arizona, as Dan Bickley pointed out earlier, especially Phoenix, there's some apathy about this, and some of it is caused by the fact that Arizona State has just not been competitive. They have not challenged for a conference title. They haven't played in Rose Bowls in recent years, and Herm Edwards has been an embarrassment in some ways at Arizona State. So I think the Arizona State fan is going, bring on the Suns, bring on the NBA season, bring on the NFL. We'll figure out where Arizona State's playing later. Um, and then the Bay Area, I think, is even even weirder. And I'm, I mean that with all due, due respect. You have the transient Bay Area community that is very much engaged, as the guest said, with the Warriors and the Giants and the A's and the 49ers. And, you know, while they may care about Stanford and Cal, they don't live it and love it and breathe it and tailgate it the way fans in other parts of the country do. And on top of that, there's an academic culture at Cal and Stanford where they're going to get some natural opposition from sell it for people who go, don't sell out at all costs. So I think this conference, part of the problem with trying to galvanize this conference is that the viewpoints of the respective universities and their fan bases are dramatically different. Dramatically different at Oregon and Oregon State right now. Oregon State fans just want this conference to stay together. Washington State fans just go, hey, keep this conference together. Utah fans, hey, we just got here and we got on top. Why is this breaking up? Keep it together. Arizona State 
eh, we'll do what's best for us. Arizona, hey, we're going to follow Arizona State. Colorado, hey, whatever these others do, we're along for it. Uh, it's really different. And, you know, that's why I wanted to get some flavor from Phoenix in the Bay Area today. I want you to leave it here. You got the BFT statewide. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. My dad will be uh, part of tomorrow's show. I've got a lot of people. I mentioned my dad visiting. My mom and dad are visiting for an extended period. My dad has made appearances on this show before. Uh, all right, all right. He will come on tomorrow's show. I believe he's going to come on in the 4 o'clock hour tomorrow in lieu of Anna coming on, or maybe Anna will join as well. But Dad will be on the show. He'll tell stories. He'll tell a story about getting in a fight with Carlton Fisk and hitting a home run off Louis Tiant and whatever else comes up on tomorrow's show. Uh, he will join us on tomorrow's program. Uh, he said, uh, I said, do you want to come on tomorrow? You want to come on another day? He said, let's get it over with. All right. So tomorrow, Dad will come on the show. For those of you who have requested it, you will be delighted for the rest. Uh, I don't know if you'll be delighted or not, but it w it is never boring. Uh, coming up, top of the hour, uh, right here on 750 The Game, Stephen and Sean, the SS Pulse will be taken off today. Stephen and Sean on the Pulse. Uh, you guys are hosting it tonight. You're going to, I think, start the show by talking about Damian Lillard. Are you guys prepared for this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What we're doing here is I got two segments. He's got two segments. And Ooh. we don't really know a ton about what he's going to bring to me. And I, he doesn't know a ton about uh, what I'm going to provide to him. You know, I've already kind of showed my hand about the first segment. But, yeah, we're just kind of we're, we're splitting this thing. And uh, I think we're both super excited. Yeah, give it a little rough outline of what's going on and uh, roll with it. So you know, always prepared for anything. But yeah, it should be uh, should be a lot of fun. We we had a half hour, you know, uh, maybe two weeks ago, and it was good. So I feel like uh, this hour long show is gonna be great. I am excited for you guys. I also think it's a great opportunity for listeners to tune in because you're gonna hear these guys kind of figure it out as they do it, which uh, all of us can relate with. So that is coming up the pulse right here on 750 the game. Um, guys, we got to take one more break. Is that right, Stephen? That is correct. Let's take a quick break so we have a good segment at the end. We'll lead you right into the pulse. I want you to leave it here. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.